0: So let's just have a short prayer, shall we? Heavenly Father, I do ask now that you will open your word to our hearts, and open our hearts to your word, for Jesus' sake. Amen. Amen. So we are looking at the fruits of the, or fruit of the Spirit, I should say, because uh, Stephen told us last week that uh, these different uh, headings, these different... uh, uh, facets uh, are all part of the fruit of the Spirit, not necessarily to look at them as different fruits. But tonight, anyway, um, we're going to look at kindness that follows patience, and I wasn't sure what other ones you covered anyway. <clears throat> so last month, Stephen spoke on, uh, on uh, patience, and he shared that with us in the morning at chapel, he also practised on us in the mornings. This works quite well, you see, really. Um, and that morning service is one I will remember. I've been concerned for some time that some members of our congregation, and this won't be unfamiliar to you, I suspect, uh, always tend to fill up the back seats at the chapel. And, and, and those of you who know, who know the geography of the chapel will know that as you the door is kind of at the side, and you you as you come in that door at the back, you can only see the three or so back rows, um, you know. And it seems to me that if you are a latecomer or a newcomer, and obviously we're always looking out uh, for newcomers, what they're, they're going to panic because they can't see a well, they can't see a seat it's sort of round the corner. So anyway, <clears throat> that Sunday. Uh, I didn't set out the back row of uh, chairs. But as people came, they simply proceeded to put them out. Um, Seemed that they thought it was rather amusing. And and I, I admit to losing patience. I said, actually, it makes me rather cross. And then I explained why I don't like to see those rows all full at the back, first of all, in case anyone comes in late. Um, and then Stephen speaks about patience in a few moments. I felt suitably humbled and I apologise for my lapse. So we may, th- may think tonight then that kindness is a much easier subject. But remember that when you're confronted perhaps even later today or during the week uh, with someone who requires your kindness, maybe someone who you don't like very much. Just remember that God has a great sense of timing and perhaps a sense of humour as well. Kindness derives from the Hebrew word hesed. Had to do a bit of homework because Oliver, you know, is an expert on languages. I think that's right. That's the the Hebrew word, isn't it? Or one pronunciation of it. It can be translated as love or loving kindness. In the well-known passage in uh, Corinthians 13, often read at weddings... It says love is patient, love is kind. So it seems to me that kindness is simply the practical effect of love and therefore you might say it's love in action. God is the source of love and therefore the source of kindness. He's shown that love and kindness through our Saviour, Jesus Christ. We've just celebrated Easter and our hearts, I'm sure, have been touched again as we remember the suffering and death of Jesus, our Saviour for us. As the old hymn says, we may not know, we cannot tell what pains he had to bear, but we believe it was for us he hung and suffered there. That's a hymn for next uh, Good Friday, Stephen. I I hope you noted that. We cannot speak about kindness without speaking about Calvary where we witness the ultimate act of divine love and kindness towards us all undeserving sinners as we are. In Ephesians 2, we read this, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness, to us in Christ Jesus and again in Paul's epistle to Titus chapter 3 we read but when the kindness and love of God our saviour appeared he saved us not because of righteous things that we had done but because of his mercy that reminds me I will get round to Mephibosheth in a moment he's a bit of a tongue twister isn't he Reminds me, though, of an old hymn we used to sing. It was in our old Methodist hymn book. I don't know why they threw it out, but they did. In loving kindness, Jesus came, my soul in mercy to reclaim. And from the depths of sin and shame, through grace, he lifted me. From sinking sands, he lifted me. With tender hands, he lifted me. From shades of night to plains of light. Oh, praise his name. He lifted me. So it's clear that kindness is of God, from God, and shown clearly by the sacrifice of Christ at Calvary for each one of us. But what about us? In our Galatian scripture, kindness is presented directly as a fruit of the Spirit. Remember that we're talking about the Spirit of God. God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We know that from Pentecost onwards, the Holy Spirit is given to live within every believer in Jesus. That, to me, is mind blowing. The power within us to live God's will and God's way. Someone once asked the great American evangelist D.L. Moody if he was filled with the Spirit. He replied, Yes, but I leak. I guess that's the experience. Of most of us. Of course, we realize that kindness is not exclusive to Christians. I guess that is because everyone is made in the image of God. That means there will be in many people these God given attributes and characteristics, and we give thanks and we celebrate that. But we, as Christians, with the indwelling Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, we have a particular responsibility and indeed privilege to show kindness to others when the opportunity arises. So we get to the story of David and Mephibosheth. He was, it was the first story that came to my mind from the Bible when I talk, we thought, talked about this, this subject. And David said, Is there anyone left from the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? They told him about Mephibosheth, Jonathan's, Jonathan's son, who was uh, Saul's grandson. And we know something of the history, the complex relationships. Saul had envied David and his popularity following the slaying of Goliath. And he tried to kill David, who became a fugitive. And yet the friendship which David had with Saul's son, Jonathan, continued, in fact, until Jonathan was sadly killed in battle. The interesting point I want to bring out from this story is that David went out of his way. You could say he went that extra mile to seek out someone who he could show kindness to. It would seem that Mephibosheth was in straitened circumstances. He was disabled as a boy on account of being dropped by his nurse who was fleeing from a conflict uh, and seemed to have been forgotten. I was actually impressed. Uh, it's amazing, isn't it, how you can read the Bible and you can read a Bible story. And I didn't see this when I first looked at it. But as, as, um, as Oliver was, was reading it this afternoon, it came to me that um, Mephibosheth thought he was a nobody. He talked himself, about himself as a, as a dog. Um, you know, he had no sense of value or self-worth whatsoever. I don't know whether any of you um, watched the Songs of Praise today, uh, which is at a, a bad time, isn't it? One fifteen or something. Well, we were waiting for our dinner. It wasn't quite ready, our lunch, I should say. So we, we watched it. And there uh, was a lovely, a lovely woman on, on there today and um, a, really, a really keen born-again Christian, clearly. And she talked about the way that uh, when Jesus came into her life, um, she, she, she uh, found a sense of self-worth. Uh, she was a singer, and a very good singer, because they, they uh, recorded one of her, her worship songs. Um, and, and I thought I was really good, because, you know, how otherwise do we find a sense of well-being and a sense of self-worth? Clearly, that's what Mephibosheth found in a renewed relationship with david and that's what we will find in a real and true relationship with jesus christ in the new testament the scripture that we could have read come to mind is the good samaritan of course he didn't deliberately set out to show kindness or compassion he was on a journey albeit a dangerous one a dangerous journey from jerusalem to jericho and he came across a man who was in dire need Set upon, beaten and robbed, left in a poor state, without help would probably have died. This act of kindness was legendary, especially as others had passed by on the other side of the road. The Samaritan was indeed a good neighbor, a kind neighbor, and Jesus said to the lawyer, whose question, what shall I do to inherit eternal life, had sparked this parable. At the end, Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. So that, I suggest, focuses the challenge on us today as recipients as we are of the kindness of God in Christ, knowing the forgiveness of our sin through the cross and the gift of the Holy Spirit to live within us, to empower us. It is now our responsibility and our privilege to go forward and take any and all opportunities to show that kindness to others. Perhaps like David, to even take active steps to seek out people who we might be able to show God's kindness to. There have been many legendary acts of kindness throughout the century, and one came to my mind, um, and I thought of Schindler's List. And his secretary, who was herself a Jew, has just died at the age of 103. Amazing. But most acts of kindness are small and unobserved, at least by this world, but they are noted in heaven and will receive their own reward. Jesus said this, If anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones, he is my disciple. He will certainly not lose his reward. And another old hymn comes to my mind. I'm sorry, I love the new songs, but I'm a bit old-fashioned as well. A bit old and a bit old-fashioned. Have you had a kindness shown? Pass it on. It was not given for you alone, pass it on. Let it travel down the years, let it wipe another's tears, till in heaven the deed appears, pass it on. On discussing this theme with with my wife Hazel, and thinking about the many kinds, the acts of kindness over the years of which we have been fortunate recipients, there is one which stands out for both of us, it's many years ago now we were in a difficult situation. We'd married in nineteen sixty nine when we were still with the exclusive or Plymouth Brethren. We bought a house in Stowe in Moresbury Park, as the Brethren stipulated at that time that members must live in the town where the meeting room was. That's why my parents sold Field Farm in nineteen sixty seven. I won't I won't tell you what they sold it for. It's it's too upsetting. Um, In 1970, though, we left the Brethren, and then they immediately called in the loan which we had been given to buy our house. So that was quite a crisis. But my parents said, if you can get planning permission to build a house in what we then called the Middle Yard, you are welcome to do that. And they gave us the plot of land, so we were able to build the house next to the chapel. It was an act of kindness, because my parents were never well-off, small farmers weren't. But it set us up, and more recently we have been able to pass something on to our children so that they've been enabled to buy their own homes. Just as a matter of interest, it was because of that that we were able to move next to the chapel that we were able to start worshipping there. Didn't know where to go at the time. We'd been so narrow-minded, we didn't really know. We never even considered the Church of England, I must admit. But uh, we, were, we were next. To, well, my uncle was actually a, a church warden along there for, for many years. <clears throat> but anyway, we started to, to go to the chapel, to worship in the chapel. My grandparents had left there in 1922, so I wondered, is this a backward step? Are we doing the right thing? Hazel and I doubled the congregation. And there was one service a fortnight and one jumble sale a quarter to pay for the assessment. Uh, I can't remember, it was two or three pounds or something like that. When our circuit was closed in 2020, we were one of only five chapels left open. There were 18 in 1973. And two of those are very small and may well have to close. Now, of course, we're part of the Whitney Circuit, which calls itself the West Oxfordshire Circuit... (laughs) They are all in Oxfordshire, except for us. We're actually in Gloucestershire, so it's a bit of a misnomer. Never mind. Seems to me, to get back to our theme of kindness, it's the opposite of cruelty. And we see far too much cruelty in the world today. I can't get out of my mind for long the cruelty of the Russian government and their army who are inflicting such terrible suffering upon the people in Ukraine at the moment. We can only hope and pray that soon this dreadful war, this uncalled-for invasion, comes to an end. We must continue to keep praying and asking God for mercy on these people. Some of us are setting our phones 3 p.m. each day to stop, to stop and offer a prayer for Ukraine. I've just read a book called Borderlands, The History of Ukraine, and it, it, is, it is awful. Uh, really, it really is heartbreaking to read the history of that unhappy nation. They have rarely been independent. They were split between Poland in the west and Russia in the east for a number of years. The Aust- austria hungarian Empire was up there as well. Uh, under Stalin in the 1930s they lost between 4 and 5 million people think about that that was because of the forced collectivization of the farms and the deportation to Siberia 4 to 5 million and not long after that of course uh, in the second world war uh, many many Jews hundreds of thousands of Jews were slaughtered under Hitler dreadful circumstances today but think of that in millions. It just beggars belief. Even in such dreadful circumstances there have been many acts of kindness. People in the countries around taking in refugees supplying food and clothing and homes to so many people. Many of those folks are Christian people. Indeed as they are in Ukraine. I watched a um, uh, YouTube video from a um, pastor in the United States who was interviewing a couple actually from Belarus. Um, and he was uh, unpronounceable names but uh, he, he, wa- he was a pastor in Minsk and he'd, he'd opened a, a number of churches very difficult there because it, it, it's uh, dictatorship basically in Belarus um, but his wife's uh, brother was a pastor in Kiev and he has a church of 3,000 people this is amazing you never hear about that on the, on the mainstream media But uh, this pastor was saying that in some of the villages in Ukraine, up to 70% of people will be attending a church on Sunday. Uh, A lot orthodox and, and Catholic, I know, but Protestants as well. Clearly an evangelical ministry out there. So that is amazing. It's good to see acts of kindness. There are pastors and ministers staying behind when they could leave to support and help their people. And people in the countries around taking in refugees, supplying food, clothing and homes to so many people. Many of those people, as I say, are Christian people, and we give thanks to God for their willingness to come forward to do what they can to help those families who are so such desperate need. And in our country, too, people are responding with gifts of money and goods. The Teams for You charity, which do the shoeboxes, which we're involved with, chapel they've sent one lorry load of things out to Romania where they have contacts and there are a lot of refugees in Romania and they're collecting again hopefully to send another lorry and when I mean a lorry it's one of these great big articulated things which which uh, hold a lot of stuff so there are many people now many coming into Britain as well Uh, it's a long way from home but some have relatives and friends here to which to whom they can come So again, it's an opportunity to show the kindness of God to people who are in such dire need. May we then, as Christian people, be at the forefront of offering whatever we can in acts of kindness to those who are in unfortunate circumstances. Let us pray. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you and we bless you for your kindness in Jesus to us. You have changed our lives around. You have given us your Holy Spirit to dwell within us, to empower us, to do your will and to do your work. And so we pray that our lives may be a reflection of that kindness that you have shown to us, that we may extend kindness to those around us whenever we have that opportunity. And we ask it for Jesus' sake and in his precious name. Amen.